Welcome to the Craft to Career Podcast with Elizabeth Chapel, where every week we dive into how you can turn your craft into a successful career. Get ready to have the career you've always dreamed of. Welcome to the Craft to Career Podcast. I am Elizabeth Chapel, the host of the show, and welcome to episode 77. This week we have Jennifer Long of Be So Inspired, B as in B E E. And Jennifer is a friend of mine. We are actually in an accountability group together for creative entrepreneurs, specifically in the quilting community. And Jennifer has a long list of experience, and you're going to hear about that. She is a fabric designer for Riley Blake. She has just some really cool, unique things that she offers. You know, I love a good niche, and she has one. It's very cool. And today you get to hear about her journey of how she got where she got, the pivots, the changes that her life has taken, and how all of our experiences add up to to bring us where we are and where we're going. And she also just is a wealth of knowledge and information. She's one of the sweetest people that I know as well. In fact, this is just a fun little tidbit. When I very first knew that I was going to be signed on with Art Gallery Fabrics, she was the very first person that I told. And I told her uh, in a little Voxer voice DM, and she was so sweet. I will just never forget her. Elizabeth, I'm so excited for you. And she got it. I mean, just tears are going down my face as I'm like, oh my goodness, she gets it. So that's kind of a fun fact that she was the first person that I told about my contract with Art Gallery Fabrics. Before I introduce you to Jennifer, I'm going to read a review. And if you have the time to leave a review for the podcast, it really means a lot to me. It's very, very helpful. So this review comes from Tori of The Quilt Patch by Tori. She says, thank you, thank you, thank you for bringing this topic to light. And this topic, she's referring to charging what you're worth. It's such a valuable conversation for all quiltrepreneurs to have. I've also been considering raising my prices because of inflation. And now I have the confidence to do it. Love your podcast. I listen every week. I really enjoy your guests and your insight into the quilting business. Being a business owner can get lonely and listening to your podcast helps me feel like I am part of a community. Thank you, Tori. I love it. And you absolutely are part of a community. First of all, just quilters in general, but you narrow that down to quilterpreneurs and it's a pretty tight knit community of really awesome people, might I add. So thank you for this review. I'm very glad that that episode on charging what you're worth was helpful. And if I may say, because of the feedback that I've been getting, please do listen to the episode that follows that. It is a, an episode on marketing because, you know, we talk a lot about charging what we're worth. And of course, as business owners, we can all get behind that. But hand in hand comes that next episode of letting your customers know why, where the value is and find the value in that. So with that, let's jump in and let me introduce you to Jennifer of Be So Inspired. Jennifer, I am so excited to have you here today. Our listeners, I've done a little introduction, so they kind of know that you and I are friends, but do you want to, for our listeners, just share, first of all, a little bit about who you are 
and what you do in the quilting world. For sure. Hello, Elizabeth and all the listeners. I am so happy to be here. It is such an honor to be on your podcast. I love listening to it while I'm sewing. And um, yes, you're a great friend, Elizabeth. So thank you so much for having me on today. Um, a little bit about me. Well, you know, I was just telling Elizabeth beforehand that it's not a straight path to where we are. You know, we um, we take a lot of like curves and turns through our whole life. And then all of the, our experiences in our life kind of lead us to where we are and what we're doing. So I can tell you a little bit about my history and sort of ma who's made me where I am and why I've decided to niche the way I have. So awesome. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Okay. So um, I started off... Um, you know, at early preteen um, training to be a professional dancer, and I trained in a professional ballet school to um, to dance, and I thought I was going to be a ballerina for life, and I didn't really realize that the career wasn't uh, a long career, and, you know, how grueling it could be. So um, I, I trained half-day school, half-day dance for almost all my formative years, but the how I really got turned on to sewing the whole sewing world was really in the costume wardrobe of the ballet. So on the third floor of our building was an entire floor of sewing machines and tool and boning and all the things that they would use for the, you know, these professional costumes, because there's also a company in our professional school. So just going in there and having all that work to dance and then being transformed, it really just changed my whole view on what fabric could do, to be honest. Like, it was just so exciting. Um, and at, at the time, too, my grandmother owned a sewing and uh, knitting store. So she taught me how to make a lot of little things, like knitted um, leg warmers and stuff. But she also taught me how to sew dance um, costumes and doll clothes. And so I began, like, doing all this stuff for myself and for my own friends. And soon people started asking me to sew costumes for them. And I was like, wow, okay, people will actually pay me something. I was still a teenager, young adult at the time, and I was, you know, sewing costumes. Um, when I was becoming an adult and, and sort of like aging out of the dance program, I decided that I should be responsible and have um, maybe a fallback career in case I can't always dance. And I took an evening course, um, well, actually, like for a couple of years, I did my early childhood education degree. So I loved little children so that I could teach little children if I ever stopped teaching dance. But it was sort of my fallback plan. And I started right away, right away when we got married, um, I started a dance studio. Mm -hmm. And I ran a dance studio for seven years and sewed the costumes every year. Um, we had almost 300 cool. students in our studio. So I had a team of seamstresses that we worked with. And so, yeah, like you see how it's kind of like all comes together. But um, seven years into our marriage, we had our first son and we're, I'm a mom of four. But we had our first son, and the moment I held him in my arms, I just didn't want to leave. I didn't know I would feel that way. I thought I could do all the things. I thought I could, you know, mm -hmm. and I did for a couple of years. So running a dance studio, I worked evenings and weekends, and my husband worked days. And so it really worked good logistically from like a tag off kind of a perspective. But I was missing the bedtime, and I just wanted to be with him all the time. So I took the steps to sell my dance studio so I could be home full time by the time my second daughter um, came along. And um, I was quilting at that time already and, you know, making stuff for my kids. You know, I was obviously still in love with sewing and doing all of all of that. But it was still just a hobby for me because um, I had sold my dance studio already. So I was just sewing stuff for my kids. And with the early childhood education background, 
I noticed a really interesting thing in my own children, and it's really shaped me where I've pointed the rest of my life, I guess, is that I noticed that my own children would play with their toys and then leave them all over the place. But when I hand made them something, if I hand made them a quilt or I hand made them a doll, no matter what it looked like, or, you know, a toy truck or a, a play mat or anything like that, they took different, like more special care of those things. And it was, um, it was like life-changing for me, really. With all of this experience behind me, I was thinking, wow, they could even tell at their very young age of like, you know, one and three and two and four that, that uh, you know, these things were made with love. And I was so passionate about handmade too. So I thought, well, I need to dedicate the rest of my life to this. And so, you know, while I had four kids, but while they were little, I started training um, in all the ways. So I, I was very, very focused. That I wanted, knew I wanted to do a career in this industry when they were all in school. So um, I began learning Adobe Illustrator at that time so I could write my own patterns. I began um, taking courses to um, learn embroidery digitizing, you know, during nap times, in the evening, and all of the extra spaces of our day. Um, I, you know, I was learning all of these things and, and learning design and all of that. And um, then things started to happen. I started to get um, opportunities. Well, I should go back because so we're talking about quilt patterns too. I should go back and tell you my obsession with quilt patterns. I never really got into reading books like um, novels or anything, but I always, even now, have a stack of quilt patterns and quilt pattern magazines by my bed. And um, yeah, I learned how to, like, I just learned, I just obsessed myself with quilt patterns and I started writing them and I was able to earn some income um, as a ghostwriter, which I thought, wow, this is amazing. I'm doing something I love, staying home with my kids full time and, um, you know, and still like getting education and all of the things. So it was able to sort of just little steps through all of that time. I got some bigger contracts. I got some um, bigger clients. I was able to produce some dolls overseas with a big company, you know, just as bigger things started happening. Um, and then when my kids went full to school full-time, all four of them, I decided this is it. Now it's time for mommy. And I put all of my energy into this business. So that's why, that's how I got here. Wow. So I'm very intrigued by this whole having quilt patterns by the side of your bed. So do you read this like for leisure or you just pull out and read a quilt pattern? Are you studying it to, for technique? Like well, what? Tell me more about yeah, this. Yeah, well, you know, I like I learned to sew with clothing, obviously, and costumes when in my um, like formative years. But when I got married to my husband, I, you know, I was 20 years old when we got married really young. And um, we moved into his small town and there was a, it's a big quilting community here. My mother-in-law quilts and stuff. And I thought, wow. They get to work with all kinds of fabric, cut them all up and put them together. I just really wasn't exposed to quilting then. And so she had like hundreds of quilt magazines and books. So I would just like borrow boxes from her and bring them home. And I would just, yeah, like peruse them for patterns that I liked. And then I would read them step by step. And I was, and I start, the more you read a pattern, like other people's patterns, the more, this is how I taught myself, the more you could kind of see this makes sense. This doesn't really work very well. Well, if this person would have said this, and I started to find myself after a long time, realizing that like, this could be a lot clearer if she did this first. And I started almost like editing, not in my head. I mean, they were all correct patterns, but you know, just thinking in my own way, how I would do it differently. And it really was sort of like, yeah, teaching myself how to write it. And it still is a learning curve because, you know, 
putting it actually into practice, then you need your own practice and you need to get your own voice and all of the things too. But I think helping, I think reading all those patterns, and I still do read patterns like all the time, almost Mm -hmm. every night. It really helps you um, if you are going to be a ghost writer because you start to learn how other voices speak in patterns. And it's really an interesting part. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I wish you uh, well, were doing course, more of that. Yeah. I'm realizing. <laughs> I wish your course was available like <laughs> 20, 15 years ago. But yes, yeah. It's so good. I'm so happy you're doing it. Well, you know, well, this is very, yeah, it's very interesting to put together. Tell me if I'm off on this, but it seems like a lot of ballerinas are very disciplined and hardworking. Am I right? Pretty type A personality, kind of obsessive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I can see this because I knew you first as a quilt, as in this area of your life, you know, the work area. Right. And now I'm like, oh yeah, ballet, this goes hand in hand. Like you are, and even hearing when you were a young mom, like you have always been busy and you were saying something about in the downtimes with your kids, you would be working on this and that. Have you ever been a laid, laid back? Is that the right word? No, what am I looking at? Like, um, no, I'm pretty, help me out here. Fill in the blank. No. So yeah, I mean like certainly, (laughs) so, so my path is not necessarily somebody else's path. You know, we all have our own path, but I am definitely like, um, a pretty happy, like pretty positive and pretty, I wouldn't say intense, but pretty focused person. You know, I, I definitely have achieved things in my life because of focus. And um, I, I don't have problems focusing myself. I, you know, I actually have problems like trying to stay balanced is, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I get so focused on it that, you know, it it becomes Mm -hmm. all consuming in a way sometimes too. So so, you know, trying to, as I, as I age and as my family ages, you know, you kind of get like, okay, I'm going to schedule exercise time. I'm going to schedule healthy meal prep time and all of this stuff. But it's so easy for me to like, yeah, just zero in on something for sure. Which is interesting because I, um, I don't consider myself a type A personality, but I can absolutely relate to like, I have to schedule in time to meal prep because I just want to do my work. I just love it. I I feel like I have ADHD and I can't focus on all the things. So I do the one thing and I'm like, oh, there are other things in life. Oops, I need to stop and remember that, you know, but um, clearly your hard work has paid off. And so before we started recording, you had mentioned something about how success in any industry, but let's, you know, specifically quilting, it's not a straight path. It's not like a, here's what you do and you get success. Can you touch on that a little bit more? Yeah, I, I strongly believe that. And actually, I, I can give myself grace now for the rest of my career pointing forward that it's never a straight path. You know, so you think you want to go from A to B and that you can just get from A to B, but it's always learning, meeting new people, um, falling down, making errors, admitting those errors, correcting those errors, not making those errors again. And, um, you know, it's just all of these different things, like learning balance, learning, um, learning different new tips and tricks. Like, you know, the industry has changed since I started too, you know, just with um, like the internet, even it's with even social media, just with all of the things and you know the ways of promoting patterns and just the look of patterns, you know, everything ha- evolves and changes. So you have to be able to um, love learning 
to like really stay in in the forefront of the industry, I think, because, you know, the industry is is always evolving and you have to want. So like I, I do relax. I don't find it. That's not my work time when I'm reading quilt patterns. I find that really enjoyable and very relaxing. And so it's really, yeah. although it does help me in the industry, it's really just, you know, part of, you know, the obsession or who I, who I am as well too. Right. And so, yeah. Yes. The obsession. That's so funny. So I don't know if you've heard me talk about this, but I was talking with a friend in the quilting industry and she's like, we could do a quilt retreat. I was like, Ooh, what if we did a business retreat? She's like, you know, we can relax sometimes and have fun. I'm like, that is my fun. Like I, (laughs) that's fun for me. That is my downtime is reading a business book. Like call me weird, but like, that's my relaxation time. I know. It's it's so funny. The people around us too, right? Like your family, they think like, you know, I could be like just cross stitching on the weekend to relax. And they're like, you can't be working all the time. I go, oh, this is not work. This is not even for social media. This is just for me. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Yep. Yep. This is what I love. (laughs) Yes. I just happen to do what I love to get paid. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. So speaking of, you talked on how you went into childhood education how okay you've got dance so you've got this artistic you started sewing making costumes you have childhood education what can you tell us a little bit about your niche in the quilting world and how you've combined your past experiences to create a niche yeah I love this question I love it actually and I love to talk about this because um it is frightening to niche I don't know how else to say it because people think oh I know this person as, you know, maybe a quilt and doll for children person, but it's scary to niche because, you know, you're just thinking, well, I really have to lean in hard. It doesn't mean you can't ever pivot, but it's scary because, I mean, beyond my studio room here, I have a beautiful farmhouse, you know, with a fireplace and farmhouse quilts that I do make too, but you don't see those on my social media feed. And um, so it's, it's interesting because, you know, it's, it's scary at first to niche. And then once you decide this is actually what all of these experiences in my life were coming together for, and this is what's really calling to me, it's like finding, finding your voice almost. So once you find your quilt voice, your creative voice, then it really is so freeing, honest. It's not, it's not scary anymore. It's like, you know, once you climb to the top of the mountain, then you feel like, wow, look at the view here. It's amazing. And, and that is exactly what it is. Like every next sort of step, there's always a little bit of uncomfortableness, I guess, if that's a word, before you get to the next step. So taking a step, Mm -hmm. you know, to say, this is where I'm going to niche. It feels uncomfortable at first. And once you do, then you get comfortable there and you actually get really good there. And then you can, you know, make another step and you can feel a little uncomfortable to make that next step but then you get really comfortable there and you get even better at that too. So for me, it was just so natural. Um, I'm saying natural, but you know, scary too, natural to niche into early childhood education um, sewing because I have this degree. I've seen, it made such an impact for me on my own kids to see how they reacted. And um, you know, so it was just so natural for me to be here, but let me tell you something so exciting Yeah, is that the thing about it is things happen that you don't expect. So what I did not expect about being here in this niche, I thought I was going to be um, 
you know, selling patterns and, you know, hopefully fabric, which I am now, but, um, you know, to this, to, you know, parents with children, grandparents with children, to, you know, children population. But what I'm finding, which is so amazing, is that people that have no children in their life want to make a doll to sit on their shelf. People that have no children in their life want to make a whimsical quilt to have a happy spot in their living room or something fun. And I, I just never even thought of it in a million years that I would reach that population in my niche. And it's so exciting. It's so exciting because you just don't know what's behind the door until you kind of step through it. Yes. Okay. This is so fun to hear. I, I'm a big fan of um, not Malcolm Gladwell, although him too, Seth Godin. Seth Godin. So he has a book on marketing. He's a marketing expert. And he talks about this very thing niching down and when you get into your niche you realize the first thing is this fear of like but then I will lose all these potential customers because I'm excluding da 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 but what you find out when you get into a niche how many people are in that niche like for you these you just thought well it's going to be either children or people who have children nope there's a ton of people who right. love this look who don't even have kids on their radar in their lives and it's a beautiful thing, you know? I mean, it's kind of embarrassing to admit, but I love these Maleg, it's M-A-I-L-E-G, these little mice. I buy them for <laughs> me. Like, I'm gonna be that crazy old lady that, you know, collects little mice, because <laughs> I'm already doing it. <laughs> but I guarantee you my friends would be, uh, they do, they're like, oh, you, you don't have little kids, who's this for? I'm like, oh, that's for me. Like. <laughs> You know, so you just never know, like, yeah, you have your typical customer, but whenever you niche down, and I kind of want to pick your brain on this too. Why do you think it's so scary for people to niche down? I have what I think, but I'd love to hear from you. Why are people so scared to niche down? Well, I can only speak on myself, but, um, so for myself, why I was scared to niche down is because I was afraid I love all the things. Like I said, I love a good farmhouse quilt like the next person does. You know, I, I love all the things. And I was worried that if I started making my feed too, too children focused, that it would, like you sort of said, lose out on, uh, you know, customer base. Maybe people would get disinterested. Maybe there wouldn't be as many people as I thought that would be interested in it. You know, maybe people wouldn't all like this. People would age out of it. You know, there's only a short window. I was having all of these, um, I think pretty natural, but like fear talk in my head about, you know, why I shouldn't be niching down, in, you know, in, in this niche because, I, you know, it is just scary. But the other thing is there's not enough hours in the day to do all the things. There just isn't enough hours in the day to do all the things. And so I could do all the things a little bit, or I could do one or two things excellent. Like I hope top of the industry. And so, you know, I really, really firmly believe that it's actually not scary to niche. It feels scary, but it's actually not scary to niche because niching makes you more valuable and it makes you, um, you know, a leader in the industry. It makes your skills stronger in there. And if it's something that you are passionate about, obviously find a niche that you are passionate about. But if it's something that you are passionate about, then it it becomes easy and work. I should say that I I don't only read children's patterns. I read all the patterns. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? So you don't have to be completely consuming. It's just for your business. It's yes. not you as a person. It's 
or your business, your niching. And I love that you yes. talked about you, you do create other kinds of quilts, but they don't show up on your business account. And so that leads into branding. If you had to put in your own words, what is the difference between a niche and branding? And I'm kind of putting you on the spot. You didn't think about this ahead of time, but what would you say the differences are, the differences between a niche and a brand? Quiz time. That's what friends do is they put you on the spot, don't they? Oh my goodness. Okay. Oh dear. Um, the differences between niching and branding. Well, niching is sort of like the focus. I would say like what your focus is for your business. So if you could sum up um, in a couple of words, the focus for my business. So, you know, I have niched into early years, um, creative sewing. So dolls, quilts, and crafts for, you know, for early years. It doesn't mean that I said like, you know, a teacher can't buy this or somebody that else wants, but it's just where I'm focusing. This is what I think. And then um, you said branding. Branding is like, the look that you are trying to portray. So, um, you know, is, is your look cohesive with your niche? So they do kind of marry each other. They do kind of go hand in hand that you don't, I mean, I can't have a logo that is, I mean, I could do anything I want. It's, right. <laughs> when you're a business for yourself, you right. can't do anything you want, but you want to have a cohesive brand with your niche, but the brand is sort of the overlying umbrella that you would cover your business in. I don't know. Is that a good description? <laughs> yeah, I love it. Well, I'm asking because we, that's, I mean, I'm trying to, I wrote it down somewhere earlier today, but like niche is what you provide and brand is how you present it. Um, because I was even thinking with Ooh, yours, yes. like there's these little brats dolls. I'm just thinking of dolls, you know, and then there's some that are kind of like scary yeah. spooky and then there's some that are really cutesy so even when you go into let's just say dolls you know you could brand it very differently so yes the niche is a baby doll but the brand could be all these different sorts of things um so i, I that that is neat i like you've done a very good job with branding oh go ahead yeah i was just gonna say the interesting thing about that and i just want to speak on that because it's so don't look too far ahead. Like we talked about just going one step and then the next step and then the next step. But when you niche, exactly, you can find out, wow, from this niche, I can actually niche further. Yep. And from this niche, niche, I can actually, and if you try in that niche to be everything to everybody in that niche, at first, the niche looks small. We're mm -hmm. saying this word a lot, but then it starts to get too, too big. It actually, every... It gets too big. And so, you know, I really want to be known for, like I said, early years dolls and quilts, but, you know, focus on modern rag dolls and, you know, traditional piecing quilts. You know, I'm not trying to do all of the quilting types and not trying to make all the different kinds of dolls. And there are lots of different kinds, right? And, and that's why the world is so, so big and we can all like support each other and lift each other up and, um, there's something for everybody, but, but you want people to think of you when they're, if they're looking for something that you, you design or you make, you want your name to be the, for, the forefront and how you make your name the forefront is by having a strong brand and a strong niche. And then your name will come forward when they think, when you think of runners, you think of Nike, right? Yep. You're not thinking of all of the little 
the little tiny ones that are also doing dress shoes and also doing, you know, zip up boots and all the things. Exactly. Oh, this is so beautifully said. Oh, I have to recommend this episode <laughs> to all my students because I just feel like, listen, listen to what she's saying. This is so true. Oh, I love it. So your oh branding. Okay. Yes. Uh, well, and we haven't, have you even mentioned on this podcast that you designed fabric for Riley Blake? No, I haven't yet, but I do want to. Yes. Tell us, tell us about <laughs> so that. Well, I didn't quite get there to my journey because we oh, kind of stopped keep going, at the niche. Keep going. So, yes. um, I'll keep going. The journey never ends. It's just so exciting. That's the beauty of being a creative entrepreneur is the journey never ends. And it's all in the fun of the journey. And so, you know, the more that you can um, niche and we'll pull this all together, the more that you can learn in your industry and make connections and, and grow and, and learn and learn and learn, you know, then you can start to decide which directions you want to go and where you want to focus your energy. And um, 20 years ago, if you said I would be a fabric designer, I would not have believed you. 10 years ago, I would have said that would be an amazing dream. And you know, I, I spoke it like five years ago and um, been trying really hard and working. And let me tell you, with rejections. So with all the success you see, there is rejections. And I'll, t I'll be very, very, very honest with this is I only wanted one fabric company and I applied to Riley Blake and I did not get accepted the first year. And I did not panic and I did not go to all the other things. I took them. I was disappointed. I took a breath and I decided, how can I make this better? Because that's what I've done in all of my life. Okay, so all they're saying is not now, right? Not just yet. And it could have been for many reasons. We don't know all the reasons. And all I said, well, what can I do to control this? And so I took a full year and fixed what I thought I needed to fix. Asked in the industry for some advice, you know, from trusted friends and things. Reapplied and and then a year later, yay! That so, awesome. um, you know, I've got a... A third collection coming out with Riley Blake, and it's exciting. So I have two collections right now. If I can just speak on them, I have a, a Be a Superhero. That's a mini panel collection um, designed to like empower and lift up all the ages, not just um, children. So that's out right now. It hit shops in August, September. And then right on the heels of that, I have a full force um, colorway collection called Forest Friends. That's um, out next month in October, and it has its full fabric collection with multiple panels in it, and there's sew-alongs and quilt-alongs and all the fun things. So, um, yeah, it's just it's just amazing the journey. Yeah, it's fun. It is, and I do remember. I did want to. You touched on this at the beginning. We have we're at point A, and we want to get to point B, and we don't know the path that we'll get there. But I also want to venture to say sometimes we end up at point C or D. And we thought we wanted to get to point B, but on the way, we're like, actually, that's not what I want. I want this thing over here. And we didn't know that thing was there or we didn't have, you know, that things just change as we move forward. I'm excited to watch you with your business, how you'll pivot, you know, what, what lies in store for you. Because I know, because I've lived, both of us, our businesses will evolve over time. Things will start to change and look different. I don't know how, but I know that they will because yours has in the past. My Everyone's does a little bit. So I'm yes. curious when you applied with right. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say it absolutely does change. When I was, um, like I didn't even mention, but there's so much in between, right? Like when my kids were little, I sew dolls. I did custom dolls. I did, you know, um, 
like dolls for um, mass production. I produced them myself. I had a team of people producing dolls. I had I went to uh, craft sales. I sold dolls. I did I don't know even know how many um, memory quilts for people. I have a long arm machine. Like you know, there's all of these things that were still in in there that all get you to the experience that you have, right? So just because you are here and maybe you want to be there, there's so many things and all of them are beautiful. Like I, I wouldn't take back any of them because all of that experience has led you. I mean, I don't have time to do all of them anymore, but all of that experience has brought you like to be able to where you are, right? And be able to give what you can give now. Yes. And to be able to have options. It's really nice to be able to say like, I want to do this and I, I could if I wanted to, or I don't really want to, to have options, you know, to be able to pick and choose and do the things that you love instead of like, darn, I just don't have the experience for that, but I really wish I could. So to take the things that come your way and just trust that it will work out, things play out the way that they're supposed to, but also to work hard. You know, a lot of times people are like, just have a really positive attitude and think good thoughts. I'm like, but, but you also need, you know, <laughs> some guidance. You need to do it smart and do the things that will help you get there. Exactly. Like it's not, it's, it really is. And it's, I mean, there's lots of disappointments in life and discouragement and roadblocks that come up. And I don't want anybody to think that anybody, yourself, myself, anybody in the industry gets anywhere, like, you know, anywhere without having disappointment. You know what I mean? There's heartache, there's disappointment, there's hard times, you know, there's, there's rough voices at you. There's all kinds of things that happen in, in the industry. But I think what um, can really propel you forward is just knowing that it, it's not just you. It happens to lots of people. But then to learn, grow, and pick yourself up from it. So I always give myself grace and say, learn as we grow. I have this mantra. I always say it because, you know, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm human. But as long as I can learn from them and then grow from them, then each time they all get better, right? So Absolutely. And also, if I may speak on this, it's really nice to surround yourself with supportive people who have your back. And you are one of those people. For me, we're lucky enough to be in a support group together. But like you said, you know, there's some harsh voices or some hard things that happen. And it's so nice to have a friend, to be able to be like, I'm having a rough time, you know, and just... Have them love on you and lift you up and support you. Ugh, that's just priceless. So thank you for being that person. One of those people for me. I really do appreciate that. Oh, you're, and, and right back at you. Thank you so much, too. And it, it, really, it really is true that, you know, we can, only, we can only do what we can do and we can only, like, give what we can give. But if you can be that for somebody else, like, sometimes you think, I don't have time for this support group or, you know, I don't have time for this uh, mastermind or I don't have time to do this because I'm so busy in here, but making those connections and making that time for that is actually, it's, it's, even though you are giving in those groups as well, you are getting more than you can possibly give. It's so true. And also taking advantage of opportunities to meet and connect with people. You know, I, I heard someone else say this in a whole different industry. Oftentimes, And so this is relevant to her, but she's like, oftentimes we were like, man, if I could only be on Oprah or if I could only, and you think of like making connections (laughs) with these big people, you forget about the people that are right in front of you. And those are often the people who really make the biggest difference. It's not the big names or whatever. It's, 
and not saying that you or I aren't big names. I'm just saying to take advantage of those who are with you at the time. I hope that didn't come across as insulting to either one of us. No, that's good. <laughs> I was going to say, I have, I actually have a Trello board <laughs> that's only designed for my shiny object syndrome. Yep. You know, and that is just because we all have it. And that is part of the scary part when we we're saying about niching and all of this business. I want to do all the things. I love all the things. So, and I had such a good idea that I had today. I need to jump from this to that. So it's taken discipline, but I have a Trello board now. It's getting very full of all my brilliant ideas that I have that some will probably never see the light of day, but at least I give them life and a voice in this Trello board and I can go back to them if I want to. I don't need to take up space right now with them, but they are there. And also, there's also a column there for goals and that's like, you know, publish inside a magazine, um, write a book, you know, there's, there's other goals that I have that, you know, I'll like scary that I'm speaking this out here, but you know, there's other goals that I have that are in there that, um, like, you know, they don't have to all happen today. Right. Exactly. And being able to, I mean, for the creative entrepreneur, the ideas aren't the problem. You know, we have so many ideas and <laughs> it's narrowing down. Like I right now have another coach. I, I, I swear by coaches, by, by the way, they've made a big difference in my career. But right now she's like, what's your one main big thing? I'm like, wait, don't you want the top three main things? Like, <laughs> she's like, nope, what's the one main thing? I'm like, oh, dang it. All right. Let me think about that. You know, so narrowing it down and it's so hard for us creatives we've got it so is much. so hard right <laughs> it is, it's even hard in our niches in our business because if you're saying that to me too it like it's difficult because I say I would have three or four that would be are spread evenly with my energy right now even though I'm in this tight niche already yeah. right and so and same thing with you it's it hard is. yeah that's and that's it's one of those things yes. I know I know that as I lean into it and focus on the one it will be freeing and liberating but it's, it's getting there. Yes. It's not easy, you know, it is just, but anyhow, something that we all keep working on as we move forward. Oh, yes. I love it. I love yeah. it so much. So for our listeners, if they want to find you, where is a good place for them to find you? Well, I have a really active blog. So um, like I should also say, like, you know, like I blog for other companies as well, or I got my start doing that too. So people, um, you know, it's kind of like a, we need to make a, like a quilt career symposium, right? Because yes. there's not just one job in the quilting industry. You know, there are so many jobs that you can still be part of the industry in so many ways. You don't have to have it. You don't have to copy the same thing that somebody else has. You can have your own voice in the industry um, in the ways that best suit you, right? And so, um, so yeah, blogging is also another option for people like Bloggers are looking for guest bloggers all the time, yep. all the time. So, you know, you could reach out that way too. But right now I have a very active blog. So besoinspired.com. It's spelled like a B, B-E-E, like <laughs> and then so S-E-W. Um, yeah, I put the B in there because I am also have, uh, see, the all or nothing. I also have a very large acreage with a big garden in it. And I do fruit and canning and all the things. So um the bee is definitely part of me because I love to be in my garden. I did not know this. Okay, I'm feeling very nostalgic about canning lately. I never learned how to do it from my mom. And now I'm like, well, you should just host a little retreat and teach us how to can, <laughs> how to make homemade applesauce. That's like on my bucket list. Do that at the... 
<laughs> on the business retreat, we'll add canny yes. and quilt pattern reading, <laughs> beekeeping, all the things. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, too funny. Awesome. So, so going to the website is really the best way. Um, I'm on social media, YouTube, all those handles under Be So Inspired. But if you, we have a weekly new- newsletter. We have um, a, a club called the Makers Club, and they get a quilt pattern, a doll pattern, and then craft patterns and SVG cut files, embroidery machine files every week. And it's so economical. I used to have, see, this is the ebb and flow. I used to have two memberships. I used to have a doll membership and a quilt pattern membership and decided that I could offer more by like pulling them together and then also offer it at a cheaper rate. So I'm giving a less expensive rate to my customer, which they are happy about. They are getting twice the value, if not more, which they are happy about. It's the same for me and amount of work that I was putting in before, but it's just so much value. And I realized growing in this, you know, membership space as well, that we all want to feel like gifted and special and we all want to be heard and we all want to, you know, feel like we're getting more value than what we are putting into it. And so it's taken me a couple of years, but I've been able to shape that, that membership around that too. And it's, uh, it's really fulfilling. Yeah. Well, I've seen you on the back side, the back end of this. I know how much you put into that membership. It is like, it's a lot. You really do offer a lot there. <laughs> In fact, I'm like, oh, girl, that's so much. But it's it's a good value. I will say that. <laughs> well, thank you Big so hugs. much thank for being so here. Much. Yeah. It was so fun. Oh, it's so fun. You're, oh, and by the way, if people want to see you, they can also go to Riley Blake and look under the designers, right? And see your panels and designs. They absolutely can. Awesome. I'm, no, I'm just so grateful for being here, Elizabeth. Thank you so much. It's been um, so, so fun. I've had so much fun. Thank you to your audience. I love watching your journey too and seeing um, all the things grow. And I just, yeah, I can't wait to see all of your students too. And it's just so exciting to see this industry really take life and support each other is really the biggest thing about it. So thank you for having me. Agreed. Thanks so much for being here. We'll see you later. Jennifer, thank you so much for being here. I hope you all enjoyed hearing from her as much as I did. She is just such a fun go-getter. I mean, if you couldn't get that from the podcast, she really is. So be sure to go and check out her products and her fabric, which are beautiful. And you can see that, you know, education, that love for children in all that she creates and does. And just her cute panels and ragdolls. Thank you so much for being here, Jennifer. It was just fun to hear your story, your journey, and your words of encouragement. So join me next week right here on the Craft to Career podcast. I have a brand new episode every Friday with guests or business tips from yours truly. So I'll see you next Friday. Until then, have a wonderful week. Mm -hmm.